Hey. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good, thanks. Uh, I'm Joe, by the way. Yeah, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Thanks for hopping on. Yeah, no problem. Thank I love you your background. Uh, thank you. <laughs> so many DVDs, I love it. Nice shirt as well. <laughs> well, uh, I guess I just wanted to kind of, you know, chat with you about, you know, kind of what, how you got started and kind of what you're about and your interests. And because I'm a big horror fan myself, and I just would love to kind of get your insight and your experience and yeah, I just love your site. So I've been following it for years and I just would love to kind of acknowledge that. So thank you. Yeah. I <laughs> appreciate <course>. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for hopping on. And uh, I guess let's just get started. I mean, so, you know, broke horror fan, you know, kind of where did that all start for you? Um, basically I had kind of in my teenage years started, you know, becoming super interested in horror movies uh, as well as writing. So I was writing for a bunch of, you know, smaller sites and like message boards in those days. Um, kind of worked my way up, wrote for some of the bigger sites as well. Um, and eventually reached a point where I was just like, I don't know, tired of kind of like the news cycle and like putting a lot of work in for little to often no pay. Um, not that I was in it for the money, but it was a huge commitment of time. So I figured if I'm going to do it without any compensation, I want to kind of do it on my own terms. Um, so I started broke our fan i wanted to find like a niche that you know wasn't being served as well because there are so many like great sites out there that cover the the standard you know your news in- interviews reviews sure. that kind of stuff um now i dabble in in those things not so much news but i do reviews and interviews from time to time um but it's really just what i want to do what i want to see who i want to talk to it's not you know the press cycle of trying to cover every single movie that comes out um so because i am such a big collector um of everything, not just movies, uh, not just physical media, but, you know, the toys, the records, the posters, you know, shirts, everything. If it's got a horror movie on it, I probably own it. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> not I so did. great on my bank account. And that's where the name <laughs> Broke Horror Fan came from. Um, I was going to ask about that, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I was kind of trying to find like a, you know, I want a name that, you know, kind of does what it says on the package kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, I eventually landed on I, you know, went through a couple drafts before I landed on a broke horror fan. Mm. Um, it's still kind of, I don't want to say embarrassing, but like, it's weird to say, particularly at like press screenings and like, it's like, right. you know, people with like, I'm in the Boston area. So the people with like the Boston globe or like, you know, big newspapers. And I'm like, oh, I'm from broke horror fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's fine. It, it'll sometimes get a laugh from the people be like, oh yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the, where I started the mentality behind it, why I did it. Um, originally, you know, just, just showcasing, you know, all the cool stuff that's out there. Um, because, you know, the, the sites that are so tied up in, in the news cycle, um, you know, they're covering like the big DVD releases and stuff. And like, you know, occasional, like very exciting merch drops, I guess you could say. Uh, but a lot of the other stuff goes under the radar. Um, so I kind of wanted to focus on that you know shine a spotlight on the cool artists doing stuff out there i predominantly focus on officially licensed stuff um but i definitely posted a lot of stuff that you know in the gray area of like you know fan-made posters or toys or whatever totally and i think that's one of the reasons kind of why i started you know kind of reading it in the first place was like it was unique from other sites so i think that's definitely stood out to me is that and i love that you kind of incorporate all of that you know toys and records i think that's so cool because like you know I go to sites, you know, like bloody disgusting and all that. And it's like, 
I want to find, you know, I love this, you know, I'm looking at Halloween movies or, you know, whatever kind of horror movie I've been to. And I'm like, I want to find the vinyl or I want to find some cool collectibles. But I know like every time I go to your site, it's like, oh, you know, there they are, you know, there's a link and I'll go check them out. So I think that's super cool. Now, do you, what, what about like, I mean, that's how you got started. Do you remember your first like collectible or vinyl or any kind of thing that really started um, your passion for that? My first toy, like, you know, <laughs> toy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I was, you know, 15 or whatever, but it was a Captain Spaulding um, Amazing. toy. Uh, when House of a Thousand Corpses came out, I think it was before Devil's Rejects existed. Okay. Um, it, uh, it was like at, I think Suncoast video, I'm pretty sure I bought it from, which is nice. like, you know, doesn't yeah. exist anymore, but uh, it was a cool, uh, you know, shop at a mall where you could buy movies and, and some collectibles. Um, that was my first big one. And then it's uh, downhill from there. Amazing. Now that's cool. Now I think I, I can't remember if I saw this. Now. You go to conventions, right? I assume. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Now, do you, is that like a more recent thing or have you kind of always done that since you've kind of been in the writing community? Um, yeah, I've done it for, again, like I kind of lucked out. I, I got into horror, like I said, when I was like 15 or so. Um, and that was like, just as things were kind of starting to take off, it's obviously, I mean, I could never fathom how big it's gotten in, in the 15 plus years since then, mm -hmm. but um, it was just starting. There was a, uh, you know, it was proliferation of, of direct to video stuff and, and, you know, horror was hot at that time, but also there was a local convention called rock and shock here in Massachusetts. Okay. Um, which was really cool. I started attending maybe like their third year and they ended up going actually just their last year was 2019. Um, not because of COVID they had planned that. Um, and that was like their 19th year or something. So I'd attended that for, for a good 15 or so years. Um, and absolutely fell in love with that. It's like, you know, these are my people because at the time I was in high school, I was like, you know, I had friends, but they were like, didn't want to watch all my shitty movies. Right. So <laughs> it was kind of like, you know, these are my people I feel at home um, and, you know, kind of never looked back. And I've since, you know, expanded out to other conventions in the area, but that rock and shock will always have a very special place in my heart because it was also, I mean, I did everything there. I was, you know, started as an attendee, then I covered it as press. Okay. Um, I had run panels there for a few years. Oh, I cool. did, I was a vendor with uh Brooklyn fans tapes there, their final year. Um, so it's pretty cool to kind of run the gamut of everything. Yeah. Except so I've already guessed, but you know, maybe, maybe someday. Sure. Definitely. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I feel like starting out as a fan to like end up being a vendor, I feel like that's super cool. It was, it was, and it was like, you know, I knew people because people who I sometimes right. only saw once a year at rock and shock, but like, cool. it was just became like a little family, like a family reunion every year. It's, it was so awesome. Cool. That's something I want to get more into is kind of the convention scene. Like, so I went to the Halloween 40 convention in Pasadena when the new oh, one yeah. came out. Oh, it was awesome. And uh, I don't, were you there? No, no. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, that was Jealous my first. Stuff. Yeah, it was amazing. And it was, uh, it was my first ever convention. And I just never, was never into it. And then, you know, I immediately fell in love with it. It was it was uh, kind of like you were saying, you know, I went by myself because no one wanted to go with me. And I was like, you know, here's a group of people who are genuinely excited for Halloween. Like, it's it's such a cool environment. Like, you don't realize that exists. Well, you see it over social media and things like that. But being in person is such a different experience. And like, I think that goes along with like, you know, I saw the movie, we screened the movie. It was like two weeks or something before it came out or something. And, you know, you're in the theater with some of the crew and whatever. And it, that to me is the best movie theater experience I've had just because you're, you know, they get the little, the little hints that were in the, you know, the original film. And, yeah. you know, you see that with a different crowd and they don't get it. You know, it's like, it's, there's something special about that. And I, I love, I just love the horror community for that reason. And it's, it's awesome. I love it. And everyone's super nice and friendly and, 
it's we all get nerd out together about kills and <laughs> the weirdest things <laughs> well that's the thing like you could go alone and like feel comfortable and yeah. like just turn to the person next to you and strike a, strike up a conversation because everyone's there for the same reason because they love this 100%. shit as much as you know the, uh, can i curse is that yeah yeah, yeah because we're, I'm <laughs> we're pretty chill. Um, i try not to too much but i know yeah i'm yeah. trying to hold back too but it happens <laughs> um but yeah no it's it's so awesome the the sense of community like you said you can see it online like it's obviously big like twitter has a big horror film community yes. um which which i love but it's also like you know the internet is different from real life as as much as some people <laughs> try to hide that fact 100%. um so like when you can actually experience it you know person to person it's it's a it's a warm warm and fuzzy feeling it really is honestly um now i see you got your exorcist shirt on what exorcist three i should say <laughs> exorcist three that's right Three. um the so best what... exorcist i would say okay cool okay that goes kind of goes along <laughs> with my question so like i mean obviously you're a big horror fan so what i mean this is probably an impossible question but like what are some of your favorites or like i guess what kind of started off for you or what do you just go back to over and over again and you know what are you super into all right because i will just talk for hours i'm gonna answer all three of those questions um what started it for me it was actually freddy versus jason coming out um it was like i had heard of i knew freddy michael and jason like just through pop culture um i particularly remember h2o coming out was like a big deal when that when that came out um but i'd never seen any of them um and then when freddy versus jason come was coming out it was like a huge event even for like you know just uh i'm trying to think that was 2003 so i was 14 Mm-hmm. um and like you know it was just kind of permeated everything uh I was like into movies but I mean nothing like I am now it was just right. something like I heard about I thought that was cool um so I I wanted to rent all the movies prior to it coming out so I could see it and like you know experience it as everyone else was mm-hmm. um but didn't have the time uh and so I thought I would be okay if I just got away with renting the first Elm Street and the first Friday the 13th <laughs> which like in theory, I was like, no, like I can piece it together. Like, you know, it's yeah. uh, little did I know Jason is not in the first <laughs> Friday 13th. So I was like pretty confused, but still, you know, enjoyed both of them a lot. Um, and then loved Freddy vs. Jason. That's like mm-hmm. definitely like, I know it's certainly not the best in either franchise, but like I kind of hold it very near so and dear to fun, my heart. Because, yeah. <laughs> and that's the other thing, like it's hard, like it's impossible for me to look at it without like the kind of rose tinted nostalgia glasses. Mm-hmm. But just like objectively, like particularly for a 14 year old or whatever, like it's everything I wanted in a movie. Like I was a big like wrestling fan. I was big into like the bands on the soundtrack, you know, okay. like it was just like, I don't know. I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then after the movie came out, I mean, after I saw the movie, I went back and watched all the other Elm Streets and Fridays uh, and then immediately went to Halloween because that's obviously the next logical choice. Um, mm-hmm. And to answer your next question, John mm-hmm. Carpenter's Halloween is my favorite movie. Awesome. Um just something about it just kind of checks all the boxes in terms of, you know, what, what I want in a horror movie, horror movie particularly at that time um, mm-hmm. as, as like a budding fan. Um, and then continued to branch out from there, kind of hit all the basics first. Um, this was when Netflix was still renting DVDs, was only renting DVDs at right. that point. Um, so I was getting, you know, the, all the Romero films and like, you know, all the, the 80s slasher classics and, and that kind of stuff. And then kind of branching out more and more from there. Um, some of my other favorites, uh, Jaws is, I would say like Halloween is my favorite movie, but I think Jaws is probably like the perfect movie. Um, just entertainment value, excitement, you know, whatever on any, however, whatever metric you measure movies by, like I could make the argument that Jaws is like the best. Awesome. Um, I love the original Elm Street is still one of my favorites. I also love Scream. Mm -hmm. Um, I love Psycho. I love the Monster Squad, Suspiria. Um, 
try not to ramble too much but like yeah, yeah those, <laughs> those are the movies that like like you said like i kind of keep keep going back to time and time again um the shining is another one phantasms mm-hmm. recently like every time i watch phantasm i like it a, a little bit more okay um but yeah so uh, and and i'm happy to say that like the the excitement that that like you know teenage alex had to like discover another horror movie that i hadn't seen like i still have that it's obviously mm-hmm. like fewer and further between that like i see the good ones but like between old stuff that's just now coming out on blu-ray that you know maybe never even got a dvd release and then new stuff uh you know it's particularly like independent films um there's still like so much cool stuff to discover it's just never ending now more than ever it's just like this this right. bounty of, of <laughs> too much to too much content to indulge right. in but like damn it i'm gonna try <laughs> i feel yeah now what about like what's do you have a favorite subgenre then like slasher or do you kind of just dabble in everything um i mean slasher was definitely like the thing that got okay. me into horror but i will say like other than like you know the big ones i kind of get bored with with a lot of the the like you know the b level stuff i guess you could sure. say i still enjoy it i'll watch you know any slasher particularly i mean obviously like 80s and even the 90s i kind of have a a fondness for Mm-hmm. um but like if a new slasher comes out and doesn't really do anything that i haven't seen a million times um it's easy for me to get bored with it totally um i find myself i don't know if i call it a favorite but i i think i i draw my uh, i'm most drawn towards the supernatural stuff okay. um which is weird because i don't even know if i if i believe in ghosts or like in afterlife or anything like that but i the movie is definitely just like the I don't know the suggestion of it um sure. you know if i believe the world they build in the movie um it definitely it can get under my skin um right. in a way that you know that's the the dragon that i chased for you know why i'm still watching these movies 100 percent. now how do you feel about the conjuring films a uh, big fan i think okay. they're great i think um didn't love the new one as much as mm-hmm. as much as some of the other ones but i think the the two the first two the main conjuring movies are really good mm-hmm. i also think the two more recent Annabelle films are a lot of fun. Yep. Um, the other spinoffs, not as good, but still like, you know, a fine popcorn, you know, entertainment movie. Like the, they definitely like have like a well, well-oiled machine there going. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll watch anything with James Wan's name on it. Yeah. Uh, I think he's, I mean, <laughs> like, I feel like the way, you know, people my age and older, like worshiped at the altar of John Carpenter and, and, you know, Wes Craven and people like that, Sam Raimi. I think there's this younger generation who's looking at James Wan like that because he's so much, it's, it's insane. Like the same guy made Saw, Insidious and The Conjuring, like three wildly successful (laughs) and genuinely great horror movies. Like it's insane. It's mind blowing. It's crazy. His like, what gets me every time is like, he nailed like his cinematography. He just nails it every single time. He knows how to capture paranormal, like no other. It's unbelievable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like the suspense. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. Now you said you, you think the Exorcist three, that's your favorite Exorcist film? It is. I love, I love the original too. I think it's mm-hmm. amazing for what it is, but I, I mean, I feel like it loses a lot of its power if you're not a religious person and I'm not. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I also think what worked, what made it work so well in the seventies is like how shocking it was, which a lot of it came down to language, which like these days it's like, you know, I grew up watching South Park. So like the thing she's saying isn't, isn't that shocking anymore right right um don't get me wrong with the story is still very engaging the performances mm-hmm. are amazing extremely well shot um it's a great movie but if i if i'm gonna watch an extra movie um I, the, I would choose to put on the third one uh, okay cool 
and then I would kind of avoid all the other ones except the first really. Yeah, for sure. I get that. <laughs> I, I feel the same exact way. I mean, I, I prefer the first one, but I totally get what you're saying with the third one and that I still show people that one scene every, you know, that the, uh, the nurse. Quick, yeah, yeah, yeah. I seen, I show that everyone's like, Oh, is there like a moment that genuinely scared you? And I was like, yes, I will show you this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. It's so good. Now, uh, I, oh, sorry, continue. <laughs> oh, well, I, I just made a short film that uh, oh, you did. I, I showed the the actress like that shot. So I was like, here's what we're going for because she's like kind of lunging out at a, okay. at a character. And I was like, here's exactly what I want. Awesome. Now, okay, I guess that's the next question. Like, so do you you have video production experience then? Um, yeah, I, when, I'm trying to, I was like 18 or so. I was writing for this site called Horror 101, which doesn't okay. exist anymore. But like, I, I kind of helped help start it up. Again, I was just like an eager kid, just wanted to get my writing out there and like have an audience. Um, uh, this was the days of MySpace to date myself. Um, <laughs> and I noticed that there was a local um, film being produced, an independent film being produced locally in the Boston area. Uh, on MySpace and it had a bunch of um, these days like it's very very common for like an independent movie to cast every every like out of work actor who's at every convention right, um, right. <laughs> which there's nothing wrong with that I think no, those people no, deserve no. these opportunities but I'm just saying at this time in like I don't know 2008 or so uh, this was not as com- not as common um, mm-hmm. so this movie had a bunch it had Tony Moran who's the unmasked Michael Myers in Halloween yep. mm-hmm. PJ Souls from Halloween. No way. Um, Tony Todd, Candyman. Um, wow. What was it called? Uh, it's called Beg. Beg. B-E-G. I think I've heard of that. I, remember it, I haven't seen it. But it I... didn't come out till like okay. six years after this point. Um, okay. But anyway, so I saw it was filming. This is a very long answer. I apologize. No, you're uh, This is what we're here for. <laughs> I saw it was filming locally, messaged them. And I was like, hey, I run this horror site. Can I come like do a piece on the movie? Uh, like a little set visit i'll take some pictures you know talk to some cast and crew and like write, write something up uh and they were like yeah sure we'd love to come sweet love, love to have you out it was like this director kevin mcdonald very nice guy um mm-hmm. it was his first movie he had like kind of put his whole life savings into this thing that he really believed in um and i remember going to that set and prior to this there was like the, like an there's like a i don't know we call it an adage i guess that's like you know every film critic is a failed filmmaker and at the time I thought I wanted to be like a, a critic or journalist or something mm-hmm. um and like I was like no like I don't I have no interest in making the movies I want to write about them like writing is something I'm passionate about um and I remember like we we're talking about going to a convention it was mm-hmm. like I I remember getting on that set and just like seeing like you no know, this is a low budget movie mm-hmm. but it had like you know moderate production value Oh yeah. And like had the cast. So like just seeing everything, like all the pieces coming together and like, you know, hanging out with like the cast and crew and realizing like what a community, like it really is like a family on a set. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, I'm an idiot. Like, this is what <laughs> I want to do. Like, this is, this is like a dream. Uh-huh. Um, and I kind of never, never got that out of my head. I still think about that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's what I want to do with my life in general. If I can make a career out of it, that's amazing. But if not, I'm going to keep, kicking around like little shorts on weekends with friends whenever I can. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I worked on a bunch of local independent sets, just kind of found people, you know, friends of friends or whatever, or Craigslist at the time was like, mm-hmm. it was before Facebook was as huge as it is now um, to find the local filmmakers uh, and started working on sets, kind of working my way up behind the scenes stuff, um, kind of worked in most departments never particularly good at any of them but like you know have a little bit of experience in each department Mm. um enough where i eventually felt comfortable to make my own stuff kind of 
cherry picking crew members who I be- befriended on other sets mm-hmm. to kind of it's like you know I'll help you out on your movies if you help me out on my movies because it's all I mean basically everyone on a no budget film set who's like volunteering their time they're all they're all there for the passion and most of them want to be filmmakers themselves mm-hmm. um, so it's very easy to find people who are you know network and be like you know you're a good person with a good head and totally. shoulders hard worker and we both want to make our own things let's help each other right um so yeah i eventually made this short uh, my first one was called the horrors of autocorrect which okay, cool. was like uh you know a horror comedy it's kind of a like a send up to the opening of scream the opening scene of scream but the, awesome. like, the killer is texting and he keeps getting autocorrected um, oh, cool i would it's it, it's like way bet i mean i'm i'm a pretty humble person but i can confidently <laughs> say like i've never written a script that tight since then and i've tried mm-hmm. um but like, it's like, yeah, better than I ever thought it was going to turn out, particularly mm-hmm. for like my first thing. There's definitely like things as a director I wish I did differently, but okay. um, I'm very proud of where it landed. Um, it ended up getting picked up by Crypt TV, no uh, which is, yeah, now mm-hmm. is like a pretty bigger thing. This was like in the earlier days. Um, okay. It's like an online, I don't know how you describe it. Basically, they make and distribute short films. Um, awesome. Yeah. And Eli Roth was is like a co-founder, oh, co- cool. co-partner. Sweet. So it's super, I mean... Now I have mixed feelings about Eli Roth, but at the time, like that was, that was huge. Like right. this real filmmaker who happens to also be from Massachusetts, like saw my short, liked it and wants to like have his company involved with it. Um, so that was like an amazing experience for a first short. Um, I made a bunch of uh, others since then, like, yeah, I don't know, six mm-hmm. or eight, maybe one or two wow. a year. That's awesome. Um, since then. Yeah. Um, my most recent one, if anyone has seven minutes to spare, uh, yeah, it's called The Nurturing, which okay. you can find if you look like The Nurturing short horror film on YouTube, you'll find it. Um, it's about like a, a kid, he's back in his childhood bedroom um, with a broken leg and the monster under his bed that he like believed in in childhood is back, basically. Uh, yeah, I love that. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah. Um, that, that was like my, I my first like, handful of shorts were all very comedic leaning because that's Mm -hmm. easier to do to do on a low budget i mean harder to get things that's actually funny but easier to pull off without a budget Mm -hmm. uh but my last couple of shorts um and moving forward i'm kind of focusing on more on like straight on horror which is more where my tastes lay anyway Um, okay i enjoy horror comedy uh, but it's really hard to get it right i 100 agree yeah i i'm not the biggest horror comedy but if it's done well like scream is one of my favorite movies and i mean obviously there's comedic elements yeah yeah um that's awesome though that's super cool yeah i'm just curious about that because i'm an editor myself um i don't work in features or you know shorts but that's something i would love to do you know i went to film school in savannah georgia um and i ended up doing advertising and commercials and branding work which has been great but something i really want to do is you know start making my own shorts and you know writing horror shorts especially and that's something i've been trying to do especially over covid you know that's like you know I'm just not the best writer. So I'm just like, all right, I'm going to sit down for an hour and, you know, a day and try to just pump something out. And every time I get something good, I'm like, okay, now what, how do I end it? And I just move on to the next one. And so I just need to complete the first script and I'll be fine. Well, let's talk. Let's talk. Yeah, and honestly, I, I would just love to, you know, and I'm actually from New York. So that's cool. Oh, okay. I'm from Boston, right uh, upstate though, not the city. Um, right, well. I'm probably better off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, yeah, I just love it. I love the whole, the whole like film atmosphere being on set and being passionate about it and especially in the horror game it's it's so fun and you know i was lucky enough to make you know a few shorts in, in college obviously for my senior thesis and all that it was bits for really fun but i want to do it more professionally for sure so yeah man let's talk it's funny i'm yeah. i so i i grew up like i shouldn't say grew up but like in my teenage years before the film stuff i i used to 
film bands, actually more photos. Oh, sweet. Film, but but nice. kind of transitioned into film. Mm -hmm. um, and through that, you know, I learned like very moderate uh, uh, kind of how to edit. Okay. And then when I shot my first short, I was like, I'm just going to teach myself how to edit. So I basically, because I don't have the money to pay anyone and like editing right. is not like <laughs> a fun job. It's not like a fun onset job. So it's like, mm -hmm. you got to pay somebody. Right. Um, so I taught myself and now I cut all my stuff and I also nice. make a living as an editor as well, but mostly like corporate stuff, not, Oh, that's cool. Not film, but occasionally, occasionally sure. I get like a short or something, which is cool. Okay, cool. That's awesome. And so you're an editor yeah. as well, like full time. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, that's awesome. I feel like I rarely meet full time editors. It's cool. yeah, it is. <laughs> and especially horror fans. This is crazy. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's cool. And then so I guess I saw recently you um were on some locations, some some like on sets. So where did you visit? I mean, I saw where was that at? Um, my most recent one so I, I went on vacation uh my girlfriend and i went to emerald isle north carolina which nice. is like mm -hmm. um outer banks ish but like yep. just off the outer Banks, so it's like not quite as touristy i guess mm -hmm. um she has family down there so the first thing i do literally anywhere i'm going uh <laughs> that's like more than an hour away from my house i'll google like you know what was filmed near here nice um, and there wasn't anything in that area. There's a lot in North Carolina, but it's like the Wilmington area, which was like, you know, yeah. a couple hours away. Um, so I was like, oh, well, whatever. Like I'll enjoy my vacation without <laughs> forcing my girlfriend I guess to so. take glamorous <laughs> shots of me in front of random strangers <laughs> houses. But as luck would have it, um, just in like some random Facebook group I'm in, some people were talking about, it was like a horror group. Uh, people were talking about like, you know, what movies were filmed in your hometown or whatever. And, you know, just reading through, I happened to see someone's like, oh, I'm in North Carolina and the mutilator was shot right by me. Oh. And I was like, oh, well, you know, that didn't come up. <laughs> mutilator, believe it or not, is not high on many people's radar. So like, right. that didn't come up on, <laughs> on a lot of Google lists of like movies filmed in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, well, let me just see where that's filmed. And it happened to be like 20 minutes from where we were staying. So I was like, oh, oh that's wow. amazing. Uh, I'm going there. That's so cool. So yeah, we, we hit up, there's like, like the house in the movie and then so cool. there's like a, a library nearby that was used as the as the dorm in the movie amazing um, so it was, it was that was like a fun because it was i was not expecting it it was kind mm. of a last minute thing i was like hey this will be fun yeah um but yeah so i've done i've done a few i did do the exorcist <laughs> stairs um I, oh cat yep he's <laughs> um exorcist stairs okay. which are cool mm -hmm. um the as a matter of fact the reason i was in dc i was on my way back from maryland last year or two years ago time was a blur with covid but yeah. it was 2019 because for the 20th anniversary of blair rich project oh um, nice i went down to maryland they do a, i mean they do it annually but okay. it was kind of like a bigger deal for the 20th anniversary um right. called the blair rich experience i've um, heard of that yeah if anyone's ever in maryland uh the guy matt runs this thing uh, he's a good dude really knows okay. his stuff also wrote a book about the making of the blair witch if you can't make it down there um but it's basically like friday night they did a screening of the movie in like this you know historic theater down there and one of the directors eduardo sanchez and one of the actors were there awesome. um did like a q a after some of the other crew too did a q a after and then the next day you could um go on like this tour there's like a bus they rented Mm -hmm. um and toured through all the locations and then you got to camp out in the woods it was actually like not exactly where they filmed but yeah, like near but... where they filmed oh, amazing. Uh, but then you got to go to the actual place it was 
it was awesome it was a really cool experience that was definitely like one of the top in terms of like visiting filming locations because like i mean again it was one of those things like a convention it was like a mini convention because everyone was there because they loved it right um you know everyone wanted their cool picture you know in all the all the of iconic course. spots oh i'll have to hit that up that sounds amazing yeah, it's it's worth it i don't know what they're doing in terms of covid but it's mm-hmm. usually in i want to say like september okay uh, cool september early october i think it was early october Good um, Blair Witch Experience on Facebook cool. um, and then definitely my favorite one and probably my first maybe um, other than like local stuff in Boston um, was uh, the Pasadena the Halloween locations mm-hmm. plus the Nightmare on Elm Street house um, mm-hmm. I went to as a matter of fact Warner Brothers uh, flew me out to no do way. a thing for the second Annabelle movie um, just I'm it's weird because like I'm just like a dude who loves movies but yeah. <laughs> because I've built a following I'm sometimes they consider me an influencer um Sweet. that's great which is cool like I get cool promo stuff but like mm-hmm. this was like definitely the biggest thing that's ever happened to me they flew me out to LA f- to interview some of the cast and crew and then like go to a screening wow. um for animal creation was, for animal creation yes sweet so oh, I got to talk to David F. Sandberg oh, it was like so cool. he was was amazing. he just the coolest person ever <laughs> he really is and like he's definitely like one of the people who like inspire me to keep making my own shorts just He's like amazing, the stuff man. he does even like it's insane like he makes uh whatever 100 million dollar superhero movie and then like comes back and makes another like low budget short with his wife like that's exactly like that's the dream man that's living the dream and his bts videos are so good yeah that's the other thing like oh. i feel like like i wish i i learned so much from like dvd special features and like mm-hmm. audio commentaries which like are fewer and further between these days mm-hmm. but like i feel like again like the next generation of filmmaker they're going to be watching that stuff and be like oh i can do this i can shoot this on my phone and like still make it look pretty good right um yeah no they that was it was an amazing experience to begin with but my whole point was uh when i was <laughs> out there i was like i don't know if i'll ever get back to la certainly not on somebody else's dime <laughs> so <Right>. like <laughs> uh if there's only one thing i can do in my whole time there i want to see the halloween filming locations um so i stayed with a friend out there for a couple extra days and uh you know visited all the all the halloween stuff it was like and that i don't know i mean again my favorite movie and like i love visiting locations to begin with but this was definitely just like the oh man this is like an incredible experience to like kind of feel like i'm living in that world a lot of the houses haven't changed too much considering Mm -hmm. it's been you know 40 years now over 40 years Yep. um so that was that was definitely like that one and the Blair Witch one are, are huge that's amazing yeah we uh when I was at the convention we did the bus tour as well around the locations and it was yeah just being at the Myers house was I just it's such a feeling that you can't explain to people who don't like appreciate it yeah. as much yeah it's exactly. like you're just standing there and I'm like I just want to hear like the crickets I want to see the jack-o'-lantern oh it's <laughs> yeah. amazing <laughs> it really is and I love the the people who I mean for anyone who hasn't been the people who own Laurie Strode's house they like leave yes. out pumpkins to to recreate oh, like her on the, sitting out with the pumpkin like I was like oh that like really you know that's that's it's, so sweet because like they obviously don't have to do that no um, when we were there the woman came out actually oh really and she like had a big bowl of candy and she was giving it to us and like she had like this these newspaper clippings from when they were filming it was so cool oh that is really cool she's like oh i love like i love halloween like you guys are so fun i love when people come to my house i'm like that's awesome i really appreciate that (laughs) yeah because i mean i'm an awkward dude so i feel weird like standing in someone's front yard for a picture (laughs) granted i'll do it i'll do it but i feel weird um so it's always nice to kind of know that the people there like appreciate it yep (laughs) um oh i will say that I went to Philadelphia recently. Um, okay. Oh, the Rocky Steps. <laughs> yeah. I saw that. That, yeah. that was one. Yeah. 
so I went to, well, it was like a little outside of Philadelphia, the, the Mahoning drive-in, they did a VHS fest, oh. um, where they like, you know, showed tapes and sold tapes. Yeah. We had a booth there, um, which is really cool. And again, because I'm insane while we were out there we were, I was like, you know, let's, let's, uh, see what was filmed around there. Um, so we ended up spending, my girlfriend and I spent a day in Philadelphia, which is cool. Um, saw the Rocky Steps, also hit some M. Night Shyamalan filming locations. Oh, Sixth Sense? Uh, yeah, we nice. went to the Sixth Sense house, the Unbreakable um, oh, nice. comic book shop, and we saw the house from the visit, but it's they have no trespassing signs everywhere, so it's like a very yeah. very far away shot. <laughs> um, but we, at the Sixth Sense house, I, I like wanted to pose on their doorstep. Of course. Basically. It's like it's an apartment, so it's really, it's not like I was in a yard per se, right. but it's just like a front door and then a step. Um, so I wanted to get in front of it, but there was somebody like looking out the window and definitely like knew what I was doing. So I felt awkward. So we like w- took a walk around the block, came back. <laughs> I was like, all right, thankfully my girlfriend's a very good sport. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was like, all right, I'm just going to walk up there real quick. You take a picture, whatever it looks like, you know, that'll be good. So as we're taking it, the guy yells out the window, I was like, are you taking a picture? I was like, yeah, do you mind? He's like, no, I think it's cool. So I was like, oh, oh awesome. okay, that's cool. good. I was, I was so afraid he was going to like yell at me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really cool. Yeah. Oh, and another, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I can. No, go for it. Yeah. Um, but another cool thing, um, I now live in Situate, Massachusetts, which okay. is home to the exterior that was used for the House by the Cemetery, which you have. Oh, movie. no way. Um, which is really cool. Um, the, it's my girlfriend's from the town. And again, like when we were getting to know each other and she told me she was from Situate, um, I was like, I've heard that name before, but I don't remember why. And I Googled it and it was because it was, it was for House by the Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Um, so like we had visited it before... Um, we moved in but now that like i it's like on it's now like an art okay. community kind of building okay. um but it's also part of like a, a public um kind of walking trail basically through oh, the cool. woods up there so um you can just kind of like take a little jaunt through the woods and end up at the house by the cemetery which that's is amazing awesome. it, i feel like <laughs> also a lesser known film really not many people know. well that's the other cool thing i i i you know, you don't see people pose in front of that house very often mm-hmm. for, for the, the geeks who do, mm-hmm. you know, track down locations like us. <laughs> um, so I had posted, like, posted it on Instagram and got a bunch of comments like, yeah, where is that? Like, I, I thought I just assumed it was in Italy because they did film, like, I think all the interiors right. are in Italy, but some of the exteriors uh, were in this area. Uh, so that's, that's, that's like my one thing. Whenever I have any, like, any horror friends in the area, I'm like, all right, I got to take you to the house. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I always, I kind of feel you on like the awkwardness though. Like, you know, I was recently in Chicago and I went to like the home alone house. I did all the home alone and you know, everything. And, um, I, you know, of course that house, they get visitors probably daily. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, so I was like outside and there was like this work van. It was like working across the street. So not really on the yard, but I still felt weird. So I just took a lap and you know, they were gone <laughs> when I came back, but it, I'd feel you there. It's so it's weird sometimes, but most of the people I've come in contact with have been super cool and, you know, willing to do it. Um, I mean, I've, let's see, I, where did I go? I was, I've been to a few different spots that, um, have been show like the Texas chainsaw places have been cool. Um, I did go to the, I did go to Wilmington actually recently and I hit all of like the conjuring and um, yeah, the conjuring cool. house was awesome. Um, but I, I mean, that was also a really cool spot because it was like, or I went right in the morning, like kind of when the sun was rising and it was really foggy and it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. And it was just like, had that atmosphere. Quiet. It was yeah. amazing. I was, and I, I know, like, have you heard of, um, you've heard of uh, Onset Cinema in Myers House? Yeah, I assume. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I went, I, he had, he has screenings there and I really want to hit that up at some point. Um, I'm actually going to go to the Shining one in October, 
which I'm oh, really excited awesome. about. So um, I actually lived in Portland for three years. So we did, um, we've done a lot of locations out there, but um, I'm excited to go back because that's, I haven't been since I moved, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, he does a lot of cool stuff. I haven't been to one yet, but uh, yeah, definitely, definitely stuff I want to hit up. Yeah. I just um, did the dark night one in Chicago, which is Oh, cool. that's cool. Yeah. It was awesome. So uh, that reminded me, you, you're talking about uh, like houses that get people all the time. I forgot, yeah. but the first location I did ever visit was the Hocus Pocus house in nice. Salem Sick. Uh, because it's definitely another one. I remember like getting there and there were like people just leaving from taking pictures. And then like we took ours and as we were leaving, other people were coming to take pictures. <laughs> I think it was October too. So it okay. makes sense. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think that was like the first the first film location I saw in oh cool uh, I gotta get there I was bummed because we went to Salem uh in October a couple years ago but it was pouring rain the entire time so I was like really I could go but I want to get like that I I don't want to like go in the pouring rain I gotta go yeah yeah well as a as a I'm not Salem local per se but as a Massachusetts person um don't go in October if you want want to like see or do anything really because it's just packed for people if you if you can hit like mid-september you'll get like people like start to have halloween stuff out i mean the Halloween stuff's out all year pretty much mm-hmm. there but like they'll have like the atmosphere the, the autumnal vibe but like it won't quite be inundated with people yet right right um but yeah it's it's like a nightmare to get around anywhere there and you know i mean it's like a fun i shouldn't say nightmare but yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just like if you don't want to be around a million people um and yeah. wait around in lines for everything yeah yeah but, I, uh, I feel that it was fun when we were there for sure um but yeah i, I it was a lot of people but yeah who knows but yeah that was great um, it was cool. One one year for my birthday when we were in Portland, um, Portland, Oregon, um, we I only convinced like four or five of my friends to fly out to we flew out to Sacramento and we went to we got an Airbnb out there and we went to Sonoma County and Bodega Bay for the birds and scream locations, which oh, is that's super cool. cool. Yeah, that I really want to do the scream awesome. ones. Oh, they're so cool. And it was crazy. I was in the it's a community center, which is essentially the high school. And we were inside taking photos and, you know, all these people were like, oh, like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, you know, scream was shot here. No one had any idea. Really? And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not surprised people weren't like fawning over it but i'm surprised like, like people around the you know in the area or that yeah. work there or whatever I frequent there didn't weren't aware <laughs> it's 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 funny sometimes you get like these reminders of like oh yeah we kind of live in a bubble you know like really though not honestly. everyone's as as nerdy as us i love it though it's great <laughs> oh yeah 100 i think do you have any uh now do you have any like bucket list locations or anywhere you really want to get to that you haven't been yet? um i do think the shining would be would be mm. one of them um that's probably number one. So yeah, one Halloween. Sure. I got it. I mean, I'm in Massachusetts and they film Jaws in, uh, you know, right. off the coast, but I get, I get terrible motion sickness. So like, I don't really want to go on a boat, gotcha. but like, I think one of these days I'm just going to take some Dramamine or whatever, whatever will knock me out to, <laughs> for the boat ride. I think it's only like a half hour on a boat, but like that would kill me. So they do like, um, is that like a tour boat ride or is that, or is it just no, like a boat ride? No, it's just, because it's like an island. Like you can't oh. get there, but so you, you physically need to take a ferry. Gotcha. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Wow, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so I, I am gonna do that one at some point. Uh, mm-hmm. but just not sure when. Exactly. That's tough with the motion sickness. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not great. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really want to get to Camp Crystal Lake. I think that's like one. Of oh my yeah, now, now they do those tours, which is really cool. Yeah, I know, and it's like I keep getting text messages like, "Hey, like tickets are available." I'm like, I can't go. Of course, that one weekend, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so hopefully soon, but it's a whole trek I gotta make. <laughs> so, and you got any like events or anything coming up that you're, you know, you're covering or that you can, I mean, um, talk about if you, if you, I don't know what the <laughs> privacy is with that, but <laughs> no, no, I mean, nothing major coming up. I mean, it's, it's not to, you know, not to bring the house down, but like 
obviously like stuff is finally almost sort of going towards normal again and yeah. now we have like the delta variant so like stuff's getting canceled or postponed again mm-hmm. so like it's hard to say in terms of like wide events um there's there's i haven't made a return to conventions yet which i would love to do but like i i mean i i don't know i feel like conventions were germ factories before all of this I don't yeah, know, yeah. But, um but i'm glad to see like some are not to not to get on a soapbox but i'm glad to see some are you know doing mandatory masks and stuff like that yeah for sure 100 like smart approach with that many people in in that confined space mm. um but yeah nothing major um i i do help uh promote you know local advanced screenings uh, i work with some some oh, nice. of the studios to like sponsor uh i just saw the new Candyman last night i'm not sure when this will air but it doesn't come out till friday i saw it on mm-hmm. two whatever it was yesterday tuesday yeah amazing um, how was it uh i liked Without... it a lot. i liked it a lot. Oh, wait i'm so excited <laughs> uh, <laughs> um which is really exciting because like it's kind of the only way i'll i'll go to a movie these days because they do it in like giant theaters um and they they keep social distance which is nice um so that's been cool uh hoping those continue really want to see halloween kills um super excited for that oh my gosh um but nothing major like i said i I just shot that short that will hopefully be online in some sometime in the near future um if you end up if you look up lockbridge productions on youtube that's like where you can watch like most of my shorts okay cool um Sweet. if you have any interest in checking those out yeah also i'll connect that as well in the post i'll put oh, that cool in there. thank yeah. you i appreciate sure, that of course yeah well, that's um, awesome that's other than that uh keep on keeping on keep oh watching I, yeah yeah I, I mentioned in passing but uh, broke our fan does release vhs tapes um, oh no way we do uh modern horror films on officially licensed like fully functioning vhs um we we've done some really cool titles we did uh mandy terrifier willie's wonderland crowley host um a bunch those are like some of our (sighs) bigger selling titles but like uh we're continuing to build that um i say we it's me and uh, Mm -hmm. a good friend of mine james who runs witter entertainment he's he's the other half of the vhs venture um a lot of people you know don't don't understand the nostalgia for vhs and like obviously it's it's not how i would want to watch a movie for the first time but i do think i yeah. do think it's like a, kind of an interesting experiment to to mm-hmm. see like how these movies play in you know kind of grainy four by three you know, yeah sure um i think sometimes it it i don't want to say helps because like it's almost an insult to the filmmaker but like <laughs> there's certain movie like like a slasher in particular it just i don't know something about it with the, the the green and the fuzz and the, yep. you know you kind of can't see the seams on the makeup anymore uh mm. i don't know it's it's fun um so if that if that's of interest to you um yeah, there's a link sure. on broke horror fan or you can go directly to witter witter entertainment cool that's awesome so how does that work you know doing that um i mean it's probably it's a, a long process but <laughs> it is here's another long long ass story for you since you yeah, asked. Let's go. um <laughs> So Brokart fan had sponsored Adam Green. Adam Green has a podcast called The Movie Crypt, which is, yep. especially mm-hmm. if you're interested in filmmaking, I highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, that was actually Adam Green, both the, the podcast as well as his show Halston were like very um, in, uh, important to me in terms of making the step to actually making my own stuff, like inspiring me to like think like, oh yeah, I need to get off my ass and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so, big Adam Green fan. Uh, Love him. <laughs> And uh, 
Brokar fan had sponsored his podcast. They do a Save a Yorkie marathon every oh, year. Oh, nice. Or now it's called Yorkie-thon, but it's like to benefit this uh, Save a Yorkie um, mm. charity that, you know, saves Yorkies and, and other dogs, but predominantly Yorkies because Adam Green is a Yorkie who's like the sponsor of the podcast. <laughs> uh, the mascot, I should say, of the podcast. <laughs> um, anyway, so we sponsored this this charity event um, with with a few other sites. So like I, I had like, basically I had a connection, a vague connection to him um and around the same time um again my friend james who runs witter we've been kind of tossing the idea around about doing something in terms of merchandise but again just like like when i started broke our fan and, and wanted to do something different mm-hmm. if i was going to merchandise if i was going to uh kind of as james like kind of jokingly put it exploit my reach uh, <laughs> if i was gonna do that i want to do something unique um you know i don't want to be like there's so many other great companies that do shirts so many great companies that do records so many great companies that do screen printed posters um you know toys which is yeah. also insanely expensive but basically like all the stuff that i collect was like pretty hard to break into without you know because there's already people doing it so much better and that have been doing it so much longer Mm-hmm. um except vhs tapes like that got t- thrown out there we both like i was like you know there's not a lot there's like a couple other companies doing it but mostly it's just like independent filmmakers kind of like putting out right. their own movie you know self-distributing basically um so i was like how cool would it be to do like a modern horror movie that's like obviously we're not getting studio movie. like we're not getting the contract you know right right <laughs> warner brothers is not responding to our calls <laughs> But I was like, you know, I feel like maybe we can reach out and get like, you know, like a mid-level, you know, a horror movie that people have heard of that horror fans would be excited about. Yeah. Um, so I reached out to Adam again, having had like a vague connection with, with the podcast. Um, at this point, Victor Crowley was like brand new. I think it was already out in theaters. He had done like a theatrical tour with it, but it wasn't on DVD yet. Okay. Um, and I was like, you know, can you put us in touch with whoever at Dark Sky, who's a distributor, like we could talk to about this. And he was like, yeah, you know, like that's a cool idea. Like I've, I've, I've signed bootleg of Hatchet VHS, <laughs> like at conventions before. So it'd be really cool to have like something official. Yeah. yeah. Um, he put us in touch with Dark Sky. Um, we work with, work with them to license it out. Uh, that was our first tape. And they had the facilities to manufacture the tapes on their end, which gotcha. we had initially planned on doing ourselves um but they had done like a limited run of house of the devil um nice. when that that had come out like a you know a few years earlier mm-hmm. um so like we have the means to manufacture it um you know for you know x amount more money instead of paying a licensing fee we could also manufacture the tapes and, and mm-hmm. roll it all in um so like yeah that sounds amazing because that was going to be a shit ton of work for us yeah too, right right <laughs> um so we did that um were you know super happy with that tape but kind of ended up being had to make more tapes than we wanted to make um and and didn't have as much creative control as we would have liked um so like you know wouldn't change that so glad we got it so glad that's our first tape because again adam green was was influential to me Mm. um but after that we were like okay well now now we kind of understand the process of both licensing and the manufacturing end let's let's do it ourselves for for you know so we have the creative and quality control uh going forward so since then oh, we now awesome. handle just between the two of us everything um yeah yeah we crop the movies to four by three uh we usually get whenever possible get the filmmaker involved they'll usually write like a letter like almost like liner notes that we include um we get cast introductions that you know you can only watch on vhs that's awesome um we do 
you know, I handle the design work. James now does the duplication. He handles the shipping. Um, so between the two of us, we're just a, a two-person uh, VHS factory, basically. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> um, and and it's cool to see like how some of the distributors have been super like warm and welcoming. They're like, particularly the ones who like understand it's not going to get them rich. It's not going to hit. Trust me, it's not getting anybody rich. Like right, the, right. the profit margins on VHS in 2021 are almost non-existent. <laughs> But they see it as like, oh, this is a really cool, like basically like free advertising for them or not even free because we pay them for the license, but they're not like gouging us on the license because it's like we're promoting their movie. We're only making a very limited number of copies. Um, And also the filmmakers uh, love it. I mean, we've we've encountered a couple who are like, I don't really get it, but good for you. (laughs) But most of them, they're people who grew up watching horror movies on VHS and it kind of awesome. You know, it informed their filmmaking career. Um, so they're like to have one of my own movies on VHS, like an official tape on my shelf. Um, it's it's pretty cool. So like to have the filmmaker support, that's that's gone a long way in terms of helping us get some of these movies too. Oh, that's so cool. Now you said um, you have Mandy, right? Mandy. We have Mandy. Yeah, that was definitely. So when we sat down, Mandy was like a new movie when we first started. Uh, but when we sat down, like when we got Victor Crowley out, and we we're like, all right, what else could we do? Like, what's like our white whales? We call them. Like, you know. Okay our bucket list tapes and like yeah. came up with like five or so different titles that like this would be amazing but like it'll never happen and like mandy was one of those five and like nice. it happens like i don't know a year or two later maybe mm-hmm. um so it's been great like it just blows my mind we put out the the like the official vhs release of three different nicholas cage movies now <laughs> and like good ones too no yeah. nicholas cage but some of his stuff some of his movies aren't quite as good, but we've done Mandy, Color Out of Space, and Woods nice. Wonderland. I would love to see all those in VHS. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I know a guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, those, all three of those are out of print right now. We do super limited runs, both mm-hmm. both to kind of keep the collectability and okay. also because it's uh, super expensive and labor-intensive to make I a can VHS. Imagine. <laughs> uh so for our own sanities we also keep them limited but uh mandy and willie's wonderland will definitely be restocked sometime awesome. in the near future good to know um our most recent release is tragedy girls okay nice um which was really cool to to work on um and we can't announce anything yet but we should have a pretty moderately big title like a title i think people are going to be excited about um Sweet. coming up in september and awesome. then a pretty cool collaboration with uh, another, I don't know how to say it without giving anything away, another horror entity, I guess you could say. Perfect. <laughs> collaboration with in October. Um, cool. And we're kind of always working out um, new new stuff in the pipeline. We have like our next like six releases or whatever. Oh, you know, amazing. Already, already kind of in the works. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's cool. It's People seem to like it. We never thought we'd get as, as popular as we have. Um, there, and again like there's other people who do it who have done it longer than us um but i'm super excited of of about kind of what we've built out of out of nothing out of just yeah just a dream you know it's incredible man i love that <laughs> it's inspiring honestly it's super cool um <laughs> but i i mean i know a whole community who would love that so i mean if, yeah I'm sure yeah we well, that's the thing people, we kind of but... like didn't realize quite how big the vhs community was like we obviously knew like there was a subset of horror fans who were like still still right. rocking their you know friday 13 part 7 tape or whatever mm-hmm. but like didn't quite realize the the like underground community of people who like almost exclusively watch stuff on tape yeah. um there's people who are like you know bootleg new movies just to watch them on tape which is like yeah more power to them um, yeah as long as you're not selling them for profit you know right right <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah so like we're we're 
very grateful that like for the most part that community has has kind of open uh welcomed us with open arms oh that's so cool that's awesome man that's great i feel like i feel like ryan turk could be about that or you know any of those we've guys. we've Blumhouse. discussed with ryan so ryan runs the uh the oh, i'm blanking on his name the video art installation thing he does in la oh uh, oh yeah i know i know exactly what you're talking about but the name is slashback slash yes. yeah 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 <laughs> it's like Basically, you're walking into a video store in like the 90s uh, in this art installation. I need to go. Oh, my God. I, I haven't been in person, but okay. he does have our Terrifier tape and our Victor Crowley tape are on display. at Slash No Video. way. That's so amazing. There's like they have like a new release wall, which has like some of them are like made up movies. Like they've, okay. they've like commissioned artists to like oh, cool, make a cool. movie. Like I think one of them, like the one that jumps up off the top of my head that somebody made like a halloween three part two kind of thing gotcha okay like Sweet. just like a fake cover art <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um so anyway on that new release wall um our victor crowley cool. and terrifier tapes are there that's amazing that's super cool did how did you figure that out or did he like do you get talk with it like talks with him uh yeah you... yeah we oh had, you did okay we had a mutual friend who put us in touch gotcha um and and he was like if you if you want to send a tape we would gladly put it on display and that was like right when victor crowley came out um Spare. i think it was the first slashback at that point mm. um and then by the time the second one rolled around, we had we had Terrifier and, and we knew from listening to his his podcast at the time, Shockwaves, he was like mm-hmm. a, he super into Terrifier. So we're like, all right, we gotta send him one to put, oh, put that's amazing. Shockwaves <laughs> is so good. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, oh, it's the best. Um have you listened to horror movie podcasts by any chance? I don't know if you I, I haven't. That's the most generic name I've ever heard. It's called Horror Movie Podcast. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> I mean, but again, as the guy who said, like, I like something that does what it says on the box. So like, yeah, yeah. there you go. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's great. There's these three guys and they're, you know, they go, they go super in depth, you know, hours, hours long podcasts about, you know, movies and like horror movies specifically. But like, you know, for example, they did a, through the month of October, they did like a franchise review of Halloween and each, they did like the first one would be like the first and second, and it would be like a four hour episode. And then, you know, yeah. they would basically do that. And it's so cool. I've actually edited a couple of their uh, episodes, but um, oh, definitely check it out. If you like podcasts, and horror movies, yeah, definitely yeah. check it out. There's a lot on there. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's cool. Um, well, sweet. I mean, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. And it's been, I, mean, I feel like we could talk for hours about this. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, I got time. If there's anything else you want to talk about specifically, but yeah, whatever. I'm trying to think. I feel like there's so many. Um, <laughs> I th- my two most anticipated of the mo- of the year, well, three, I should say my three most anticipated of the year, um, but two are still forthcoming. Um, one was Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. Uh, one was Candyman, which mm-hmm. again, yeah. I, I, I'm fortunate enough to have seen um, and lived up to my expectations. And the third one is Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills. Yeah. That and Candyman are, I think, my top two of this year for yeah. sure. Um, yeah also i will say which i didn't mention but we did do a vhs my favorite movie of the year so far bar none is psycho gore man oh yeah i have not been more entertained watching a movie in 2021 possibly (laughs) even the last like several years but we got to do the vhs of that and that was that was a really cool thing just because like cool it's we love every movie we put out but like you know certain certain movies you connect with more than others um yeah so like to be able to do like here's a movie i genuinely love makes like perfect sense for vhs because it was inspired by you know those kind of mo- you know, those movies we grew up watching on you know mm-hmm. grainy little tvs um, yeah and like the the filmmaker really like got it so that was that was a really cool one to do that's amazing um, yeah i was gonna say like going back to that like i think i just think of friday 13th like on vhs is like the first one that just like to me is like the epitome of like a classic horror film on vhs like it's yeah, so grainy yeah. it's oh it's amazing and again like i mean as good as tom savini's special effects are i mean yeah easily one of the best of all time but like 
when you see some of that stuff in Blu-ray or even 4K now, like sometimes you can see the seams on, you know, some of the makeup, which is like yeah. perfectly understandable. Like it's it's look literally looks better now than it did in theaters <laughs> in 1980. Right. Um, but you know, VHS is a little more forgiving. Um, it also kind of feels almost like I don't know, forbidden kind of thing because like it, yeah. I mean, it's obviously a very outdated thing, but it also <laughs> kind of brings, particularly if you grew up watching the Monte, but like I think I feel like it brings you kind of back to that, you know, your inner child's kind of indulging, indulging mm-hmm. them in this like secret thing that not a lot of people are 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 doing. Right. Um, so I feel like that's kind of part of the appeal beyond just the broader nostalgia. Totally. Now I I feel like I mean obviously older films. I mean how does that work with like VHS? You know, I mean, obviously older, older films. Like I think one of my favorite movies is the wicker man. Like I love folk horror, big folk horror person. Um, I don't even know, like, is there like right issues for that? Or can you kind of like, I mean, it's probably difficult to kind of figure all that stuff out. Yeah. You know, so you wanted to make a VHS of those types of movies. our, our like mission statement was to put out like modern movies that okay. kind of make sense to the VHS era. That said, we gotcha. have had none that have come to fruition, but we have had talks with a few people involved with movies like we love from mm-hmm. the 80s um, about potentially doing like like a new, very limited, you know, kind of special gotcha. edition type thing, mm-hmm. um, which I'm not at all opposed to. Uh, but it really comes down to the rights owners. Um, mm-hmm. Again, most... I mean, like Wicker Man, I think that's probably at like Lionsgate now, I want to say. Yeah, it's somewhere. Uh, because I'm pretty sure it's Lion- because Lionsgate bought Anchor Bay and Anchor Bay, I think, put out the last DVD. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe somebody else. But it, in any event, like, again, Lionsgate's like a studio that's not going to not going to answer <laughs> our calls as <laughs> right. much as I'd love to. But yeah. there are there are particularly now um, stuff from the 80s that like the rights are reverting back to the filmmakers or producers. Mm-hmm. Um and again we've we've in very early talks about potentially doing some oh i actually we did do one inadvertently kind of um we did night of living dead and it's oh awesome. offici- it actually is officially licensed um from the image entertainment who's like the original producers mm-hmm. um obviously if you know anything about the history of night of living dead it was public domain so like anyone could yeah. release it anywhere and um the the good quality vhs's are are almost non-existent mm-hmm. um but we put out um, we put out this thing called Gory Books, which is like okay. almost like a play on little little golden books. Um, okay. So it's like children's book style adaptations of classic horror properties. Sweet. <laughs> um, and our first one was Night of the Living Dead. It's our only one to date, but we're, uh, there's more of that in the works. But our first one was Night of the Living Dead, which we did because it's public domain, um, thinking like we can kind of test the waters, see if people are into this idea, if they're into this concept. Mm-hmm. um with a beloved property that we don't have to chase the license down for um while it is in public domain and we technically could have gotten away with it the people who do own it reach out to us and we're like hey you know here's the deal like you know we got screwed over on this copyright um so like we can't you know you can do this technically but like there are certain elements we own mm-hmm. um and we're like dude like no we we would be you know like literally honored to work with anybody involved in night alone dead right <laughs> um so it ended it turned into the book is technically like an officially licensed night of living dead product and as a tie-in to the book um the book was you know we like we sold it to like you can find any like certain comic shops and stuff like that which is really cool, cool. Yeah. um but exclusive to our web store to the wit entertainment shop um 
we paired it with it has three different covers from three different artists so we did for each cover of the book we did like a matching cover of the tape um so we did like little bundles with that which the night living dead people were super into and currently again uh it probably be over by the time this airs because i think the campaign ends on friday um but the book will be available um but there's a book called night of the living tapes coming out um which tracks the home video history of night of living dead and and kind of goes into way more detail about all these things that i'm talking about and it literally traces like every vhs tape that's ever been made of night of living dead which is like that's amazing (laughs) um yeah it's really cool Uh, but right now they're doing a kickstarter okay um to kind of help fund the book they've already reached their goal they far exceeded their goal um but one of the perks uh because we became friendly with with these people is uh a new night living dead tape made from like the 4k restoration which is a weird backwards thing but yeah (laughs) (laughs) where we're dumbing down this um, beautiful restoration of from 4k down to whatever 480p (laughs) if you're lucky yeah um but Again, so again, we're producing this this official Night of Living Dead tape that's gonna that's has really so cool, cool artwork that the guys at Fright Rags made. Oh, so um, cool. They also have a shirt as part of the campaign. Amazing. Um, so again, it's like this weird, again, weird, but I mean, amazing kind of shows you how what a small world and like tight knit community horror is. Um, yeah. Because like you know these people were able to find us. You know, I have a pre existing friendship with the fright regs guys i I handled their publicity publicity so like it's this weird like kind of you know small circle of of people that just like supporting one another and you know again just to have like my name on something that's like an official night of living dead thing is like mind-blowing to me so cool yeah i mean you and caesar romero i mean not caesar romero (laughs) george romero (laughs) i was like i had the joke in my mind i was like what uh (laughs) you and george or uh, george romero kind of share something now i mean yeah that's amazing you can literally say that legally that's (laughs) legally i'm gonna use i'm gonna put that on my card yeah exactly that's so cool though um it really is and some of the other again not not quite um i mean very few films do have the cachet of night living dead but like Mm. some of the other properties like the filmmakers from other 80s type movies that we're, we're talking to um not again not quite the legacy or of night but like definitely like movies that horror fans will be super excited about if we can use a new vhs um and again i mean it'll look better than any old vhs because we're going to use um, a much better transfer so that's awesome that's super cool actually to know because i feel like people don't understand like they don't know that i mean i guess you'll put that in the notes obviously, well yeah, but... yeah. <laughs> well yeah i mean night of living dead's like a particularly special case because people were i mean you could bootleg it from anything so you could like right. so those are are super terrible quality but like even if you had even if they made it from an amazing tr- film transfer in 1982 or whatever that that tape is going to have degraded over time and stuff and you know right. gotten dusty and stuff so uh i'm i'm very proud to say ours ours would be the, the best presentation on if you were going to watch it on vhs mm, that's great that's awesome. Now, was uh, was Mandy through SpectreVision, right? Or uh, well, SpectreVision produced it, and they were involved. Oh, okay. um, in fact, that's one of the few the few releases we have where the director wasn't directly involved. He did approve gotcha. it. He watched the four by three crop, or at least oh, checked it, and went and like approved it. Cool. Um, but normally, we're like we have like a almost a one on one on one relationship with the director, who's like, "Here's what we're gonna do for the art. Here's here's the crop. Gotcha. Here's our extras." Um, he was a little more hands-off, which is like, fine, dude, you're a genius. If, yeah. if it takes you eight movies, to make, I mean, eight years to make your next movie, like, do right. it. 
Um, uh, so it was licensed through RLJ Films, okay. um, who had, they're kind of, as a matter of fact, I mentioned Anchor Bay, which like anyone who grew up watching horror DVDs, they did like all, you know, Halloween, Evil Dead, Wicker Man, you mm-hmm. know, uh, basically like a lot of the classics they did like the first really good special editions of. Okay. Um, in like the early 2000s. Anyway, the, the guy who was like the head of Anchor Bay during those years now, or at least did, he, he started, left Anchor Bay, started Image Entertainment, which has since become RLJ. Gotcha. Um, okay. And then now AMC owns RLJ. But as far as I know, a guy with good taste still runs it because they get a lot of that, good movies. That's all that matters. Um, so we've licensed, <laughs> we've licensed a lot of really good movies from them. Amazing. Um, and continue, continue to do so. Um, but they were, they were the licensor, but um, Spectre Vision had final approval of over. Okay. Everything. So cool. we, we did have to run like artwork and stuff by them, um, which is crazy that like, again, uh, one of my VHS tapes might be in Frodo's house. So. I was going to say, I was going to say, I was like, did you get to speak to Elijah Wood? <laughs> well, so that's the thing. Like they definitely, I mean, and I don't blame them, but like RLJ was like a go-between on that one. They didn't like yeah. put us directly in touch with them. Okay. Uh, but I will say the thing about Spectre Vision and like there's nothing negative about it. It's, it's cool. That's mm-hmm. the same thing. But um, they're really big on like the fake aging on the VHS. Like they want it to look like a relic from the 80s. Oh, interesting. Which again, when we started, that was kind of like what we wanted to avoid. Not avoid isn't the right word, but like we're like, it's already an old thing, an old medium. Um but it's a new movie. We're not like fooling people by saying it's from the eighties. So like we kind of made a conscious decision early on to like not add fake, you know, fake like scratches and folds gotcha. and like stickers and stuff okay. on, on our tapes. But when we started working with Spectre Vision, they were like, no, we love that. Please do that. Gotcha. Uh, so we did. So, so um, our first movie we worked with them on was color out of space. And okay. we did some of the fake aging on that, but then they're like, no, we really love that. Um, so we like went all out on Mandy. So Mandy does look like a relic from the eighties. And like, I'm very, very proud of how that came out. Very happy with that came out and, and happy that I made Elijah Wood happy. I mean, that's huge (laughs) because he loves horror, which is something that I like, I try, like, I always tell people like, he's one of my favorite people just because how obsessed with horror he is. And like, I just, I love it. Well, that's the thing. Like, I mean, that dude could definitely never work a day in his life again and probably be pretty okay. But like, he spends like, his time like being passionate like again not just like i mean the roles he chooses are also super interesting i think every every movie he's made in the last like 10 years at least independent movie he's made in the last 10 years he's done some studio stuff on which i'm mm-hmm. sure is more yep. more for paycheck than than art but sure. <laughs> but like every indie movie he's done um is like really interesting if not even great but i think a lot yeah. most of them are great like his maniac remake like he I was think, so good yeah so good Amazing. Um, <laughs> I just think like the choices he made is so interesting. And then beyond the acting choices, he's actually like, no, that's not enough. I need to produce stuff that I believe in, you know, yeah. kind of put my money where my mouth is. And uh-huh. like, that's how we got Mandy and, and color out of space and, and, you know, a bunch of other Daniel isn't real. And, mm-hmm. yep. you know, they're doing a lot of really cool, really interesting stuff. Um, and I'm again, just, it's like, I don't know, flabbergasted yeah. when I'm saying it out loud, but it's like, Oh shit. It's like, crazy. It, it's crazy that I work with this dude. I know it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, work with is, is a stretch, but but legally, legally, like I can say, I'm I'm associated with Romero. I'm legally associated with Elijah Wood. Amazing. <laughs> now, how about um? Have you had any talks with like? I mean, they're very recent, like Monkey Paw or um, A24 at all. Um, 
we have not i i will so i mean monkey paw all their stuff is distributed by universal or oh, okay maybe not all but at least that's probably tough then <laughs> uh, yeah like i know that call's not going anywhere mm-hmm. um it's something i would definitely try for eventually like we always say never say never um, yeah of course we, who would have thought we had mandy um a24 is one we discuss often on that white whale list that i mentioned like the witch was up there sure um that's like one of my favorite movies of the last decade favorite movies mm-hmm. ever really like i think it's yeah. again one of the most well-made horror movies ever mm-hmm. um i would love to do that on tape um awesome. it's we haven't quite made that you know haven't sent that email yet we don't really have a direct contact or like a lead there which makes it you know the cold call or the cold email is is hard to get a response mm-hmm. um we've certainly found that if you have like a filmmaker who's really excited well not only can they put you in direct touch with the right person as opposed to just some you know contact form but we can also say like you know the filmmaker is not only on board but like super excited about it they're going to help us with it yeah that i think that goes a long way um, so we don't have anyone for A24. If anyone mm-hmm. from A24 is watching this, please email. Yeah, me. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they did. They released one of their movies. It wasn't a horror movie. I can't remember what it was on VHS um, as like a, you know, just yeah. almost like a, a gag, I guess. You could yeah. Because um, they do. I mean, their merchandising is super limited and super uh, sought after, I guess you'd say. Like yeah. the tape sold out in like five minutes and they did like 100 copies or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they afterwards, they tweeted something to the to the extent of like, you know, we're never doing a VHS tape again. It's too much work. Um, so like, we definitely want to send an email somebody and be like, hey, listen, I know we'll you want to get out of the VHS game, but like, <laughs> look, we'll do all the heavy lifting. You just have to allow us, you know, license us your movies for, for an amount that won't put us out of business. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I can I can like safely assure that Robert Eggers and Ari Aster would be so down for that. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think so. I Particularly Ari Aster. Um, I mean, I think Eggers... I, I actually had the, the distinct pleasure of, of interviewing both of them. Um, oh, both really? Super, super nice guys. Um, Robert strikes me as a guy who's very, I don't know what the word would be, into his art, protective, precious. Yeah, That's the word I was looking for. Precious I get that art. vibe. I totally get that vibe. So, and rightfully so. As a filmmaker yeah. myself, sometimes I think about these things like, yeah. I mean, filmmaker again in quotes, but like <laughs> as a guy who makes shorts sometimes, like mm-hmm. I, I kind of think the broader picture, like, would I let just some guy like <laughs> have the power to choose what goes in the frame? Because like, if, particularly if you're shooting like super widescreen, um, you're cropping out a lot to get to four by three. Um, right. And I, and I, again, this is like a fantasy conversation in my head, but like, I, I, I question whether Robert Eggers would be like, well, I don't know if I want my movie watched in such That's a That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and more power to him. He wouldn't be the first filmmaker to, to um, you know, respectfully decline. Right. Uh, but I could be totally wrong. I hope I'm totally wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, Ari Aster, uh, again, I mean, only spent five minutes with him, but like super, he seems super into kind of like the horror community. Yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. he's a little more active, you know, in terms of, I don't know, public awareness for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you kind of, I feel like you hear from him more publicly. Um, right. And again, all fantasy in my head. I feel like he might be more into the idea, but mm-hmm. hey, I mean, any of them, anybody Never involved, know. please. Uh, because yeah, Hereditary would definitely be another one in Midsummer oh, for that matter. Oh would definitely gosh. be like super high up on, on our my favorites. List. It was funny. I, I interviewed recently. Um, have you seen Homewrecker on Shudder? Uh, no. It's, I've uh, most of the Shudder originals, but I haven't seen that one. Okay. It's um, Precious Chong. She's in it. She, like, she did like um, 
it's like an indie horror film, but she's like the producer, writer, actor in it. Um, I interviewed her recently and she like, she said she, you know, met Ari Aster and she was like, yeah, he was just like a prodigy. Like she knew someone who went to film camp with him and she, and they were like, yeah, he immediately, he was just like the best in class. And I was like, you can tell he's <laughs> just like, yeah, not at all. Surprised. Like <laughs> when your first movie is hereditary, like, dude, <laughs> it's insane. I mean, again, same with Eggers, like your first movie is the witch, like something so meticulous and like Amazing. incredibly crafted. It's uh, we're in a good mind. time for horror right now. I, I, yeah, I'm, we really are. And I very... feel like, I feel like, it, it kind of comes and goes in cycles, but I feel like this is like the longest period of like good horror and on both sides. Cause I think, I mean, obviously every year you're going to get some studio stuff that just mm-hmm. doesn't, doesn't work. But I feel like even on the studio level, like we're getting some interesting stuff. Granted, there's yeah. still a lot of reboots, remakes, sequels kind of stuff, yeah. but even them, <laughs> like, you know, if I'd rather, you know, a good Halloween legacy sequel, like the 2018 one, than like another reboot or whatever. hundred percent. Um, but yeah, again, like we're talking like the James Wands of the world kind of, you mm-hmm. know, coming up and doing interesting thing. Obviously, Eggers and Aster. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's Jordan it's Peele. Time. Yeah. I mean, every, everybody, you know, I mean, yeah. and like, I mean, I'm so glad Juan, you know, his new film, Malignant, is coming out. And I'm so glad he's going back to that because I was like, don't stop, just don't do more superhero movies. Just like- <laughs> yeah. No, me too. And that's, a, I mean, that's, again, just kind of shows the strength of, of the horror community and like the passion of, of these filmmakers because like, Again, they could easily just keep making blockbuster after blockbuster. Same with David F. Sandberg. Like, yeah, yeah. He's doing Shazam 2 right now. But then he's, I mean, he said, like, after this, I'm going to, I want to do another small horror movie. Hope so. Kind of go back to the basics. And it's funny because, like, like, just by saying that, like, the studios are, they're like, wow, these guys are actually, you know, they're bringing in horror directors for these superhero movies because they're like, oh, wow, these guys are actually good filmmakers. And, you know, I know Marvel's tried to recruit Jordan Peele and it's like, it's this whole thing. And, um, horror man people just need to give it more yeah. respect <laughs> i got it yeah i mean i think uh not to get into this debate because it's so far off topic but i'm, I'm more <laughs> marvel movie guy than dc movie guy yeah but dc's definitely i mean they're bringing in these horror directors like like james wan and and yeah. david f sandberg um and that's that's exciting to me to kind of give these people you know the budgets they deserve the time they deserve the the resources mm-hmm. they deserve and kind of letting them do whatever they can yep. uh but again i, I want to see them <laughs> kind yeah, of return of to yeah, yeah. to their roots as well for sure i know i was like i just want james Wan to direct another conjuring film like just at least one more <laughs> uh, especially after seeing that third one i feel like it really there's there's something missing there it wasn't bad by any yeah. means like i liked it. it if that was the conjuring one i'd be like that was a good movie but like having the 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 weight the the baggage i guess maybe you'd call it mm-hmm. of like following up these two like really really good horror movies it was just like i don't know yeah those are tough shoes to fill um it's impossible yeah it's uh it's funny because like yeah i'm not a huge dc movie either and then i like besides the dark knight trilogy like i think shazam was actually my favorite dc universe whatever you want to call it film um and i you know just because like it's got that david sandberg's james wan vibe like you watch those movies you know it's them which i love i think that's yeah, so awesome no i agree and that's my i would say i think the suicide squad has replaced it but again james gunn's another horror guy yeah um, oh yeah exactly yeah <laughs> but but yes uh prior to that shazam was my favorite as well mm-hmm, for sure but cool i mean i probably have a million more things to talk about but <laughs> Uh, all right probably. welcome back another time you, yeah let's do let's do this again it'd be great <laughs> yeah yeah let's make something too let's, oh, let's write awesome, something man. let's do something man i would love to do that yeah well let's yeah let's stay in touch and figure uh, something yeah. out and uh, yeah, maybe please. we can have you on like one of our podcast reviews we can review a movie or something a horror let's movie. do it yeah cool well sweet well i appreciate the time man that was great love chatting yeah. with other 
people, no especially horror fans. So <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, good luck with everything. And, uh, I hope everything goes well and I can't wait to see, you know, what kind of VHS you guys got come out and what other, you know, anything. So thank you. Thank yeah, you. of course. Well, cool. We'll be in touch. Yeah. We'll talk soon. Yeah. Have All a good right. one. Yeah. As well. Bye. Right. Bye.